on earth shall adore you. Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light to reveal to your nations and the glory of your people Israel. Lord, every nation on earth shall adore you. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Most holy God, we give you thanks for this time that we come to, to worship you, and we pray that as we hear your words being sung and spoken, we might feel your presence, and that we might be the people you would have us to be. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God. Amen. Today marks the end of the sermon series, Songs of the Season. We've been trying to sing some of the favorite Christmas carols that we've not yet sung, and I have a feeling that if we sang all of everyone's favorites, there'd be a lot more time needed than we're allotted this Sunday morning. Now, my guess is that the Canticle of Simon, Simeon, that we just heard in song and in spoken word is not one that would have been on your A-list of Christmas songs. Is that right? Certainly not one I've ever heard played on the radio, ever. But here's the thing. You see, the Canticle of Simeon shared the deepest desire that the final purpose for this devout and holy man named Simeon There was a movie in 2008 called The Bucket List. You might remember it if you saw it. The movie starred Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman and two old codgers who ended up in the same hospital room. Now, both had been diagnosed with cancer and had less than a year to live. Nicholson's character had more money than he knew what to do with. In fact, he was part owner of the hospital which makes one wonder why he had to share a room. And, but Freeman's character had no money, but he had a long list of things that he wanted to do, wanted to see before he died. So the two got together and ended up setting off on a journey to fulfill that bucket list, the things that Freeman's character had hoped for. What's on your bucket list? you ever thought about that? I mean, besides world peace, which means that we would all have to live forever, uh, but wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? There are a few things on my bucket list. I'll share two of them with you. One is to visit the Holy Land, and the other one is to visit Australia, which is not connected, but Simeon, whose song we just read and sang, was a man who had a bucket list had been given to him by God. Luke labels Simeon as a devout and righteous man. And Simeon had heard through the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. The Spirit moved him to go to the temple court to wait. Now it just so happened that Mary and Joseph, being devout Jews, 
made the trek into Jerusalem when Jesus was 40 days old to consecrate him to God and offer a sacrifice in keeping with the law of the Lord. Coincidence that Simeon was there? Not likely. God incident? Most definitely. Hear these words from Luke's Gospel. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Oh my, Simeon's bucket list had just been completed. Dismiss your servant in peace. In other words, I can die happy now because I have indeed seen the Messiah. Mary and Joseph must have been proud as peacocks hearing those words. All of us want our children to be considered as someone special, but this salvation, a light for revelation, to know that just seeing your child was enough to evoke that type of response as they heard from Simeon. It just had to be astounding. And then the other shoe dropped. For then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a, a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own heart also. In affirming the identity of this human baby, Simeon was also giving them some news that must have been heartbreaking to hear. He had just called this child of theirs the salvation of the world and yet promised them heartache and grief practically in the same sentence. Seems to be too much to be taken in all at once. We would all have been ecstatic at knowing that this devout and righteous man had taken one look at our 40-day-old child and exclaimed that the Savior of the world had just come. Now, if Mary and Joseph had known the rest of the story, as do we, would we have marveled at those words that were spoken? Or would we have grabbed that baby and beat it out of the temple as quickly as we could? Changed his name and taken him to live in witness protection as far away from Jerusalem as we could have gotten. I think I might have done the latter. But seemingly, just as Simeon had made this proclamation, another person is on the scene, Anna. And this is what Luke has to say about her. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. I don't know about you, but 84 to me is sounding younger all the time. <laughs> Anna never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. And coming up to them at that very moment, another God incident, Anna gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption 
of Jerusalem. Wow. Had there been any doubt in the minds of the young parents about the identity of this baby, there could be none now. Twice in one day, two people had held the res- who held the respect of the Jewish community had come to them to let them know that this child was indeed the Messiah, a baby who'd been gifted to an obscure but carefully chosen couple, and they would do their best to raise him. The Messiah was not someone coming in with an army, riding a white horse, and carrying weapons of destruction. The Messiah had come into the world as a human baby, one that must have looked like an ordinary child to most. A baby boy that must be circumcised and officially named according to Jewish law at the age of seven days. Presented at the temple in Jerusalem at the age of 40 days and raised according to the law of the Lord. A fully human baby whose humanity had to be recognized and honored, and yet so much more, a fully divine being whose life and legacy would affect every generation that was to come, up to and including today, tomorrow, and generations beyond what we can even begin to imagine. So then Luke goes on to say, when Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And when the child grew and became strong, he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. My goodness, how time flies. In just five days, we've welcomed the Christ child into the world on Christmas Day, heard him declared the Messiah that fulfilled Simeon's purpose on earth, blessed by an 84-year-old woman whose apparent purpose was to see the child, to thank God for this child who would redeem Israel and send him off to be raised by a young couple. And then we hear nothing about him in Scripture until he is age 12. What a whirlwind, it seems. You and I come to church on Sundays, perhaps also on Wednesday evenings, and prepare to see the face of Christ in this place. We come to worship God, and we come to experience, we hope, God's presence. And hopefully through worship, we give the worship that God expects of us and get a little bit of what we expect. Hopefully we take what we've heard and learned and witnessed out into the world. Do we? In a few days, when the Christmas decorations have been taken down and packed away, and all the songs of the season have been sung, and the ordinary takes over the extraordinary events of Christmas, who will know that we are Christians who have celebrated the birth of this extraordinary human yet divine child? Who will know that Christmas is not just about the sales at the stores, the department store Santas and the reindeer hoofs on the roof? Who will know why that even matters? Who will care? My friends, I maintain that the spirit of Christmas should continue throughout the year. And I don't mean we should leave up the twinkling lights and the Christmas trees. 
What I mean is that the expectancy of the coming of the Messiah, for us the second coming of the Messiah, when all the world will be made right once again by the peace and assurance that we have that we are God's beloved children, when all of the nations will lay down their arms, reach out in peace and love to one another, when we can all proclaim as did Simeon did that our purpose on earth has been fulfilled. That's the spirit of Christmas. When we see the face of Christ not only here in this place, but in the world, in HEB and Walmart, in our workplaces, in our own communities, in those who take the time to feed the feral cats outside. Yes, I saw you do that. In those who come to take advantage of the services of the food pantry and the community partners program here at Buda United Methodist Church. In the faces of those living under the bridges and those who are seeking entrance into our country for a better life, a safe life. When we emulate Christ's love in the way in which we treat each other, Christ did not come just for us here in this place today, but for all the world. Christ was not born in the stable to be a Messiah for people who are just like us, those who look like us, people of the same social or economic status, or those who practice the same style of living as do we. The baby wasn't born to have Christmas carols sung about his birth and then be forgotten and put away with the tinsel and the Christmas decorations until the next Advent Christmas season rolls around. Not one of us in this place knows when we will come to the end of time to fulfill our bucket list. No matter how old or how young we are, we may not be aware of how many people are affected by our actions and our words. Many of us may not know exactly what must happen to fulfill our purpose. As did Simeon, none of us, not one, know exactly how much time we have to accomplish that. And most of us seem to behave as though we are invincible and have all the time in the world to do the things we would like to do. Whether we are new to the Christian faith or, or have been Christians from the day we were born, we have a responsibility to add one thing more to our bucket list. We must, each and every one of us, add something similar to what Simeon had on his list to see the face of the living Christ and know that there is indeed the prospect of peace on earth, goodwill to all in the offing. Doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are. You might be two. You might be 16 like Greta Thunberg or 106 and a half as was my dear friend Emma. We aren't told how old Simeon was, only that Anna was 84. You see, we're never too old or too young to be used by God to fulfill God's purposes, our purposes. 
We must be open to seeing the face of Christ in all that we meet, and we all, all have the opportunity to show the face of Christ to all we meet. I invite us all to work through one of the mission opportunities provided by this congregation or through another mission of your own choosing to make a difference in this world. Be the hands and the feet of Jesus when you give of your blessings to this church, whether it be monetary, your time, your talents, your love. When you smile and show Christ's love to someone unwashed and homeless. When you love someone who seems unlovable, even if that person's in your own family. Feel a sense of urgency. And don't wait until tomorrow or the next day. Practice the golden rule today. Ask God to use you wherever you might serve, where you're calling, and each of us have one, where your deepest desires in this life meet the deepest needs of the world. Ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit and bask in God's unconditional love, and then go. Go and do as you are led. So what's on your bucket list? Maybe we should all pray about that one. Amen. Let us pray as the ushers come forward to receive our offering. Loving God, we give you thanks for this opportunity to share a bit of what we've been given. We are a blessed people, O oh God. And as we hold this basket and it comes to us, let us think of the Christ child, the purpose of his coming, and ask what ours is. Amen. Oh,